What's up and welcome to Groundbreaking, a friendly original podcast bringing you the young creatives redefining what it means to create and introducing you to tomorrow's leaders today. I'm Jake Brewer, let's get started. On today's episode, we have Gigi Robinson, a good friend of mine and the epitome of what I love about young creators today, a viral sensation on TikTok, the must-have influencer for many brands, and a recent face of the Times Square billboards are just a few ways to describe my guest today. We're talking all things content creation, working with brands, and standing up for yourself and others through uniting on platforms some may say are a bit divisive. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Groundbreaking. I am thrilled that you're here with us once again. And on today's episode, I I have a dream guest of mine, somebody who I've been able to watch flourish and grow and raise the volume of her voice so loud that you just can't help but listen to it because it's so empowering. She is so incredibly creative and innovative and inspiring. And whenever people ask me like, Jacob, why do you feel like social media is a positive platform? Like when the headlines are dominated by like how divisive it is, she is the person and the account that I will pull up and go, no, look at the like positivity that is just radiating, like that is so uniquely done in these platforms. Um, And she's just proof of like how far the social media world is going to create new work for people and build new positions and sustaining just life as a student and recently graduated student. There's just so many things I'm so excited to talk about today with my friend, Gigi Robinson. Gigi, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Jacob. Um, First of all, excuse me, that was the kindest introduction I've ever had. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, I was like- that's. Awful because I told you literally right before we hit record it was gonna be crappy. So I'm oh glad God, I just no. set the bar very low. <laughs> no, 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 it was so high. What are you talking about? Don't one of my philosophies in I would say life, but more so the digital space is really like hyping yourself up. Like, why are you saying, Oh, this is gonna be a crappy intro when like that was literally one of the best intros I've ever been given? Like, don't sell yourself short, people. Like, literally, you just gotta vibe with yourself like be strong be positive okay so i'm already crying and this is not going to be good for this whole episode because i have to sustain this but no you're absolutely right and i i'm a huge like i'm so guilty of that the self-deprecation and it's so funny because we've had conversations this sort of season on the show about just that saying like why are we so apologetic about what we do but that does not apply to you like I don't know how you built up this insane confidence that just literally radiates. I mean, if if you're in the op- if you have the opportunity right now, if you're listening to the show and you're not driving or maybe you're not on, you're not on the treadmill or something where it's dangerous to like look at your phone, go to like go to Gigi's pages. It'll all be linked in the description and just get like a visual representation of what I mean here because it's so collectively united and you work with so many different brands, but you somehow find like a universal, like layer. Of, I don't know. This is this. The purpose of this podcast is for me not to share my observations of everything you've done, but more so to dive in to a conversation with you. And I'm really excited to be open and candid today because you have so many great perspectives of social media platforms. Um, I know you did a lot of investment and sort of research and experience with this in college. So I'm really excited to hear those takeaways you have because, again, we do think of these platforms as so divisive, but you're somebody who shows how uniting it can be. So let's start here. I'll eventually start asking questions. So the first thing I really want to talk about is the like in, intention like from the get-go because I would imagine that where you are today may have not been where you originally thought you would be like years and years and years ago. Like... I don't know, my college years were insanely like life-changing. I I could not imagine the person I am today four years ago. So let's start there. Like, who was the person four years ago and introduce us to them so we can get to go get to know the person you are now. I would say 
truthfully, my creative journey started in high school and it's not the same for all creative people. I know people that have gone in completely different paths where they've gone from, you know, a path in engineering or business and now they're fully creative or they even are just a creative person on the side. And that's totally fine. But for me, I literally picked up my dad's D8, D, what was it? The D, my dad's D70 when I was like 11 or 12. And I literally never stopped shooting uh, cameras, cameras. I never stopped shooting <laughs> images. Um, after that, you guys can see some little like cameras over there. I have quite the collection, um, which you can view on my YouTube channel. Shameless plug. Um, I did a little vintage review, but I really started to become fascinated with capturing images. You know, in the first, I would say three to five years, that's like the fundamental learning phase where you are really just like, okay, how can I shoot on manual mode? How can I just learn as much as I can about this craft? How can I spend my Sunday afternoon with 30 minutes of, you know, Photoshop experience or learning? And from there, this is before social media, right? Like I was, again, in middle school when this was all developing. As I transitioned into high school, you know, th those years were 2012 to 2016. And there was quite a lot happening there. Um, during those years, uh, there were climate marches that I attended, women's marches I started attending, and really where I started actually experiencing my chronic illness symptoms manifesting further and art was always something that I I don't think I put the two together until college like years later but back in high school I was like okay I'm going to a climate march why would I not bring my camera obviously I'm gonna bring my camera then I also simultaneously was like obsessed with entering contests because I knew no matter what I did I was like if I apply myself now, my future self will thank me. So I started applying, like researching, just literally Google like any field you're in. It's the same as scholarship, same as college programs or like literally anything you want. You just research. It's really not that hard. Everyone would ask me, oh, well, like, how are you winning all these contests? Like, where are you finding them? And I'm like, the internet. And I'm not saying <laughs> all answers are found on the internet, but they sometimes can be. <laughs> Um, so this might be a little long winded. So then after that, my images from the climate march and the women's march started gaining traction. Um, then I wanted to go to UMiami. I got waitlisted, financial aid issues, ended up staying home for a year, going to FIT, being able to attend another women's march. Um, and really that's where I started getting inspired by commercial photography and learning how I could ultimately kind of expose the photo industry and the advertising industry in terms of who they were representing in media um, and advertisements and how I could use my image making skills to kind of break that barrier. Um, so that actually, actually, wait, sorry. First, I started a project like that my junior year of high school. Then fast forward to my freshman year of college, um, that's when I created a documentary also on my YouTube channel called I Am a Supermodel. And you can, you know, go, go view that. Um, and then flash forward now, four years later, I am officially a graduate student at USC now um, with my BFA in photography and design. And I've just become so fascinated with using my social media platform to kind of debunk those body image and editing and photography stigmas. And it's really come from my passion for the thing that I love doing, which is image making, um, compared with helping others. Um, so it's, it's really about contribution and growth for me. Um, the growth comes from helping others and the contribution comes from giving my skill sets, um, in in a consumable way so that's I, don't, I know that was a lot but that that is a little bit about my journey i think that's incredible and i actually didn't even know a lot of those things and i think like i've known you for a few like years now and we've occasionally had like a nice little like catch up and stuff i've i haven't known like most of those things that's i mean incredible and i love i, I love just debunking the myth that like any sort of success happens overnight because it's just not a healthy 
sort of standard to have out there because then if it doesn't happen overnight for someone, they feel like that's an automatic failure and their their one chance is gone, which is ridiculous. Um, but because it sounds like you took many chances and it's the culmination of all of them that get you where you are. I think it's it's definitely a bunch of different things. It's one like, I love this quote, do today what others won't so that tomorrow you can do what others can't, right? So we can pause. We can say that one more time. Do today what others won't so that tomorrow you can do what others can't. And that goes back to honing your craft, doing what you're most passionate about. If you want to be a podcaster, great. Are you going to just start? You could, right? You could just say, okay, one day I'm just going to like get on, going to start recording. I'm going to just go for it. That that works for some people. Same with like TikTok, right? I know somebody that did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and you can be massively <laughs> successful. It's it's just about really starting. But for those that want to kind of be really intentional with it and do it a certain way and structure things a certain way, which I think really does come once you start to learn more about what you eventually want to create, like the bigger picture. Like for some people, it's just starting and getting something out there and getting that momentum and then figuring it out. Other people like to work and plan and learn and then do this massive project. And I think whatever way you choose is like the right way for you, but it really, you know, success can happen overnight. It's an anomaly, but it does happen. Anomalies happen. That's the whole point of an anomaly, right? But the the truth of the matter is I was not an overnight success by any means. This has been years in the making. This has been like, I've been shooting for over 10 years. That's crazy for me to say. That's insane. I'm only 22 and a half years old. Like I've been shooting since I was 12, 11. Like that's crazy. And the other crazy thing that I would love to just mention is there's been so much challenge and struggle throughout those years. You know, this was like eight, I would say high school and college are eight fundamental years in really developing your passions and who you are if you let them. Um, some of my friends, I feel as I've watched them um, have taken the road of I would say doing things in the moment because they want to please other people. And something I've learned with, uh, I would probably pay tribute to my chronic illness because of this, is you really have to do the inner work and focus on yourself um, whenever you're struggling. Because um, it's great. The, the highs of life are great. But like most of life is not up there. Like it's just kind of like ebbs and flows like a little what are those called in math? Oh, you are asking the wrong person, but I know exactly what you the mean. The bell curve? The, the bell, bell curve. curve yes. Look at you. Look at the okay, graduate. Yeah, exactly. Or like you could think <laughs> of like the stock market, right? Like it goes up and down and up and down. Sometimes it really goes up and sometimes it really goes down. And that's like how this 10 year career journey of social media was like, I literally started in 2012, like everybody else with Instagram. And I was posting with those filters and just like really bad things. And the past year has just been so, so, I mean, the past three years, especially has like really been extremely propelling in terms of growth. But I would say the past year, I think I've done the most work since like probably high school. Um, and, mm -hmm. and that's important realizing like that you need to grow and also like that self-actualization moment of like, here's where I struggled. Here's where I did well. How can I share my story so that I can help other people who are struggling or other people who want to get better at what they're doing? Absolutely. I want to ask you a question right off of what you just said. And that's, it's the self-actualization moments. The, those moments that I've had, incredibly scary for so many reasons, because you're like, what some getting success and being successful in what you've always wanted to do can be really scary because that's something you've always like longed to do. That's something you've always wanted. And now you're there that you're so used to hoping that you don't necessarily know what to hope for now. And that's a very like cheesy example, but it can also be very like overwhelming. And because you've been so transparent about your journey thus far, like tell us about those self-actualization moments. Like 
where like you were like almost afraid of of doing exactly what you wanted to do this whole time or maybe learning learning what you wanted to do like because sometimes that just it floods you like a wave of emotion and I know you're somebody who does everything with such distinct purpose that I know you think these things through. You can probably see me smiling about this because I do think the self-actualization moments are really beautiful moments where you can recognize the flaw, but let that flaw be a lesson instead of something that defines you. Um, And that's something that is so like infuriating i would say with social media is because sometimes other people's opinions of you um they they do have the potential to wreck your career so when you are posting on social media when you are doing something creative where you're you know giving i don't want to say unsolicited advice but if you're giving educational content to people you know there's two kinds of content there's like entertainment and education where do you lie in that um I try to tend on the side of education um but add your own personality obviously so making sure that you're saying things again with intention with purpose making sure you're being truthful and factual which I'm sure we could have a whole another conversation about fake news and fake media, but we're not, we're going to leave that out of this. Um, And I would just, I would really encourage everybody to not be scared of the moments where you're like, oh, I did mess up here. Like, could I have done more to, you know, talk about civil rights during the Black Lives Matter movement this past summer? Absolutely. Should I still be doing the work to do that? Can I keep doing more? How can I incorporate and elevate marginalized communities on my platform other than the ones that I'm already a part of. So those moments are the moments where I'm like, shoot, I'm not as good of a creator as this person. I'm not being a good ally, whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Today you did that. Like you were supporting somebody else. You supported a friend. You, you know, reshared a fact factual graphic from a nonprofit that is like nationally and globally recognized you had a really difficult or really great conversation with an activist or another content creator about how to create content with more purpose so it's like always evolving I would say and you just can't let those moments of doubt define you in any way you just have to like keep going because like we all we, we all get insecure. That's the nature of being human. Like nobody's superhuman. Absolutely. I would also say, honestly, for a moment that like going to school at USC and being in Los Angeles was like a like overstimulation of I don't look good enough. I am not thin enough. I'm not, you know, pretty enough. I am not enough there. And I just took a moment when I got sick to do all that inner work of like, fuck all this noise. I'm sorry about the curse. I hope that's okay. Um, It's never come up before. I don't think we need to bleep it though. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever you want. Um, But literally like nobody else's opinion of you matters. Like your opinion of you matters the most. And if you truly believe that like, oh, I'm not good enough. Like my my intro's crappy. Okay, yeah, you say it. Other people are going to think it, right? It's about like putting out what you want and receiving back what you put out. So if you put that out there, people are going to start doing that. And as I kept getting sicker and sicker, I was like, man, like why are my friends not supporting me? Why are they not showing up? I was like literally like I wasn't asking for them to show up. I was just complaining about how they weren't showing up enough, which made them not want to show up more, which then made me feel like I wasn't being a good friend and that my illness was a burden. But then come March, when the pandemic hit, March, I would say maybe to August, I had this moment of I'm, I took a medically reduced course load to deal with my chronic illness and my mental health simultaneously with school. And that time really did allow me to say, you know what? I do need to put myself first. I need to focus on my health. I need to connect with myself. I need to make sure that I'm doing everything in my power to protect myself so that I can create better content. I can be a better student. I can be a better digital marketer, whatever it is. I needed to do that inner work 
before and and honestly not even before but just also simultaneously you distance yourself like i i don't want to say pun intended but like had to socially distance um and a lot of times uh i don't i don't want to say okay I'm trying to think of how to say this, but like I had to do that inner work and be isolated and be okay with who I am before meeting somebody else or inviting a friend into my life at the time when I was struggling the most because I'm really the only one that can heal me. No doctor, no medication, no amount of, you know, people around me could necessarily heal me. And that was really something that I took in from 2020 and what I was just about to say before where... I kind of like stumbled was it recently I've had moments of the world is hurting right now. The we are in the midst of this pandemic, which has been extremely difficult for people emotionally, financially, mentally, physically. And I feel so privileged to have a job where I can create content um, and share my journey with others. I know that's not the case for so many people. So sometimes I do feel bad complaining about my chronic illness. But at the end of the day, each individual person, especially those listening on here, you guys need to put yourself first and do that work and figure out where you're at before you start letting other people's opinions matter. That was also extremely long-winded. So I hope you can like deconstruct that a little, but... I, yeah. You made so many great points. And I didn't even anticipate talking to you going here, talking about advocacy and the way we use platforms for that. Because I do agree. I think the way that we approach social media and the almost expectations we have for each other with social media lately have changed a lot. Like, even just in 2021 so far, it's like, there's like that thing of like, oh, like, we're not supposed to post today. Like something serious is going on. It's insensitive. But then I'm like, do we, can I post tomorrow? And then you fall into the spiral of how awful am I to be thinking that way? Like that is not where my attention should be. And I totally relate to you where you almost feel like guilty for a lot of those things. Like even those sort of thoughts are like so hazardous. Um, And it's difficult because like, obviously that that sort of creativity on those platforms are what both of us enjoy. Um, but more specifically, I want to talk about advocacy because it shifted a little bit. And I can preface this and say the two of us probably aren't the best people to educate anybody on these sort of topics. So by all means, like if anything that like we sort of say sparks something interesting, I encourage you find some other resources. I know there's a ton a ton out there, especially right now. Um, So I encourage you to do that. But in terms of social like activism, we don't have to talk about necessarily what we're advocating for, because again, we aren't the best people to, to have that conversation. But activism on social media, I feel like, tell me if you agree, and you can absolutely disagree with me. There's almost like a, at one point, it was like, oh, like, yeah, get me in on this conversation of advocacy on social media. And then there became this like, negativity with performative activism and that sort of label that I almost worry now makes people stray. Like even if, even if it doesn't fit under that sort of definition, like maybe they really do want to get involved and maybe they do really want to be like an educational outlet for people, but we live, it's almost like, dare I say, cancel culture vibes for all of that. And so how how did you sort of go through, because you are somebody who advocates for a lot of things and you are always very, very sensitive and very, very appropriate to those sort of times. So there's a couple like pillars of a question in here. One, like how do you navigate that and how do you make those decisions as a creator of when it's appropriate? Two, how do you go through advocating for causes that you maybe don't have a personal relation to, but maybe would be important for somebody like you with an audience to have? And then the third one, sorry, I can remind you of these, um, is a lot of influencers and such get slack because like, oh, that's not what you're supposed to be doing right now. But like, I'll just say it, like, we have, there's deadlines and stuff. There's contracts, there's deals, like there's due dates. And it's not just social media. Like that is, that's your living right there. Like that's your income. So then how do you combat those things? Sorry, that was so many questions. Take that however you would like. No, it's perfect. Um, I love it. 
I would say the first question. Um, wait. Okay. Wait. I'm like, I literally am the worst. Please, like, this is my chronic no, illness. I, it goes I, like, I am the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the first the first question was about what how do I decide what to do activism? Yeah. Like when is, how do you be sensitive about that? Or how do you welcome that into your space? I should say. I would say I first started welcoming um, activism into my creative space um, personally, because I actually had two professors. Well, this whole thing, let me just do a little small little story. Go for it. I've always struggled. My my injuries from my chronic illness, which is called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, started about when I was like 11 or 12, simultaneously with when I started photography. I actually used to swim professionally. And the reason why is because of my Ehlers-Danlos, I was like so good at butterfly because my joints are hypermobile. So like, I was like out there like, woo! like going through the water like super fast because of it and the doctors basically told me like hey if you keep doing this like you're gonna mess up your shoulders for life so sorry g you gotta quit and i was like this like sad little girl at like middle schooler just going through puberty like her passion of swimming like i was like i want to make it to the olympics like that was literally like where i dreamt of being some days and it's really interesting. I'm actually literally just having a self-actualization moment now with a dream that I used to get. I was like in one of those dive pools and there was like this never ending ladder of me like climbing out of it. And honestly, after I started swimming, I have not had that dream. And now that I'm thinking about it, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm like super in touch with like my hindsight and things like that lately. I've just been doing again, a lot of inner work, but that tells me that like that was something I had to pull myself out of I had to use that ladder to get out of the pool and be okay with it and walk away with it and that was a moment where I was like okay you know what you just have to accept who you are and continue on like keeping on so as soon you know in middle school too back to my chronic illness I had casts on I had braces on I had to use a wheeling backpack for our middle schoolers out here for our high schoolers for any adult using a rolling device like nobody should be shaming you even though like people do like we freaking use suitcases and nobody complains about that but when it comes to school we complain like I don't know what kind of logic I don't I don't know but in middle school it was like the end of the world in high school god forbid I used a rolling backpack um so to the, this one teacher, my art teacher, she would call me gimpy because I used crutches and that's like so so not cool and I never said anything about it because I was like, oh, like my name's like Gigi, like it's just a nickname, like it didn't make sense and like my parents heard it and they were like, so that was a moment of like, um, that's not really right. So then I didn't have the voice yet to really advocate for myself. Flash forward to high school, I started really using my 504 disability form to use my laptop because I did have an injury that really impacted my my wrists. Um, and again, I also am representing disability um, and invisible illness. I am like a white, cisgendered, pretty privileged girl that looks like nothing's wrong with her. So, um, you know, sometimes in the disability community, even I do get slack because people are like, oh, like you don't look sick. And I'm like, but that's the whole freaking point. You don't know what anybody's going through. And that's why I think it's so important, especially things like mental health and like OCD and any kind of mental disorder or emotional disorder that's kind of that can manifest in you in a physical way is so important to talk about if you do suffer from one um, and you're comfortable sharing that with your audience because that is the authenticity I think more people are wanting to see on social media. We're moving farther and farther away, I think, from this curated, very, you know, retouch and polished element of of media. And that's why platforms like TikTok um, and even Reels are starting to be more popular because people have the opportunity to show up as they are. You will always have things like Facetune that really are going to just like minimize that like authenticity, but it's up to you to decide like how authentic you want to be. But that said, I 
back to the story really fast. I, I just kept having issues in high school. Most teachers were good. Then fast forward to college, my, you know, my, my drawing professor was like, I don't see anything wrong with you. And I was like, well, here's my form. Like, she was like, I don't believe you. So I personally use art to heal. And, uh, for this one assignment, I just like made this, artwork that I literally ordered all of my scans and records for and I incorporated it into it and she was literally left speechless gave me an a like she did not have anything to say she just like fully was like discriminating against me in front of the other kids in the class too this wasn't like a one-on-one teacher this was like during our art critique so for any of my art students my heart goes out to you because I know how difficult those are um and then fast forward to my junior year of college Um, I had a professor, same thing. She didn't see, she said only students with like medical disabilities can use their laptops. And I said, I do have a medical disability. You just can't see it. Here's my portal. You can go inside my disability portal and you can see registered with the university that I have these accommodations still didn't let me. Um, And that was a moment where I said, you know what, we're just gonna handle this with grace. We're going to help educate somebody. Instead, I mean, I could have gotten both of those professors fired easily. You truthfully could have. With all of USC's freaking scandals, I could have said, here's a big fat lawsuit about your professors who are not being accommodating and who are not believing in students. While I get the, oh, my stomach's not feeling good today. Like, I get that. We all, I'm sure, have played hooky or it's hooky, right? We've played hooky. Is that like a 1950s phrase? No, well, I I know what it means. So it's still it's still it enough. So like, we've done that before. I've done that before, too. Not gonna lie. Like, I feel like at some point in our life, we just have. But for professors, especially when they can't see something, where do they where do they lie on the spectrum? How how much can they believe? And how much can students get away from? So it's it's also about trust. Um, So once I started making art about it, that's when I started getting more emotionally invested and charged um, with creating with intention and that is where I said you know what I already have whatever a couple thousand people on my social media platforms let me just start talking about it and with opportunities like the TikTok campus rep program right like we had the creative freedom to do whatever we want as content creators outside of the program so I said you know what I'm I'm starting from scratch I might as well talk about the invisible illness space and figure that out and then um kind of more recently over the summer as i was ending my senior thesis and working in advertising and the entertainment industry i was looking at all these freaking images and i'm like oh my god these people are not being authentic they're not showing up as a transparent person um when it comes to body image and body confidence like you need to be transparent brands need to be transparent in showing like different bulges and not photoshopping and showing cellulite and showing freckles and wrinkles and smile lines because those exist and when you're a young person consuming social media you it's all you know a young kid is not going to go to google scholar and read a scholarly article about you know body image and the body confidence movements and about chronic illness a kid on social media is going to look to their favorite creators and believe what they say you're right because it's it's what's accessible like that's part of the the issue right and and i mean accessibility is a whole other thing that i've been working really hard on to make sure you know um with all of my video content to make sure that it's accessible to people that maybe can't see especially since i do work within the disability community so um i know that was also long-winded i hope it answered one or two of those (laughs) questions but i would really say that the fuel came from an experience and i really think that you need experience to evolve um and to evolve you need to eliminate So let's talk a little bit about that cancel culture that you were talking about. So when it, when it comes to just like growing as a person, like I just said, to evolve, you need to eliminate, right? You can't necessarily bring 
all of the baggage that you've ever had with you. Like you've just got to, you got to empty it. It's like the glass can't always be full, right? So it's okay to be half full sometimes because you need that other half to have that flexibility to get that new information, fill it up and then dump it and then relearn and keep going. That's kind of how I see content evolving. And with performative activism, it's, it's, it really, it's a difficult concept to grasp because you don't know how intentional somebody is being. Are they just posting the black square because everyone else is doing it? I mean, the, that thing was like infuriating to see some people do. The next issue is just reposting Instagram stories over and over and over again, because that's what you think is right. And I, I definitely do understand that and providing valuable, um, you know, resources is extremely important when you are a content creator, but making sure that you're also doing the behind the scenes work to educate yourself is the important part. And you don't need to share that with everybody. I get that. And that's, that's, um, difficult, but I, if you are an influencer or a content creator, and if you are using it casually, I really think those two things are differently, um, associated with, performative activism. It's much easier to call an influencer a performative activist than it is to call your friend who doesn't have a platform that big, who's using it casually, a performative activist mm-hmm. when it's your friend. Um, and that is the the interesting thing about social media. But I, I love my social media friends. And we, I think when you let it be a positive, uplifting community for yourself, and it's what you build yourself um, and your platform with, it's really, really inspiring and you feel comfortable saying hey I think you could do a little bit better um with you know being more sensitive right now or this is a better resource that maybe you could read up on so I'm hearing a culmination of points here where we have to recognize what we don't understand or what's not directly posted or what's there in front of us and that's the intention so you're right like just because somebody's not posting a black square or anything like that does not mean that they could not care less about whatever that is. And just because somebody is posting something doesn't necessarily mean that they understand what they're posting. Like the way we're measuring the value of advocacy, I think is a little bit off caliber. And And I I say that just because I really want anybody listening who has like had the thought in their mind of like, do I participate in this conversation? You can participate in that conversation without reposting a, so you want to talk about blank or a headline from a news source or like whatever, like that does, that doesn't have to be your way to contribute to the conversation because you have contributed to a ton of conversations in very unique and again, very purposeful ways. Like, is, is my contribution, like, using my platform to just focus on somebody else's voice right now and recognizing that, like, hey, like, maybe, like, I really want to educate, but maybe I'm not the person to do that. And that's a hard, that's a hard conclusion to come to. Like, and that's another thing I just really want to preface is that all of these moments that we're talking about, again... Do not come overnight. You are going to mess up. You are going to do something wrong. You're going to say something wrong. But even that, you mentioned earlier, like even just that is so much more productive than just playing it safe and saying nothing at all. Allow yourself to be called out for that. And then another huge measurement, sorry, this is my tangent right here, is if you do get called out for that, take that in the right way too. No matter how that person means it, it may seem like it's directed towards you in a negative light, but take that as a, oh, this is an opportunity to learn how somebody feels to improve the way that I deliver this sort of messaging. And then that understand that, oh, somebody thinks that I have enough of an influence to actually do some good. So they want to make sure that I am. There's different ways that you can sort of frame that. And I can tell the way that you've sort of learned over the years is that there is different ways to frame that. And the very last sort of piece that I want to talk about before I start to talk about the, like the end of the show questions that I always ask is like working with brands, especially during this time, because I mean, we can dive into this a little bit, but I know this could be a whole nother episode of talking about brand advocacy and actually performative activism with a brand particularly because there's that's similar, but also very different. Um, how do you, cause let's be real. Like, okay. 
brain collaborations are what pay the bills. Like you're just, just like any of us, you have bills to pay. There's things like you can't like, if you choose that to be your full-time gig, that you have to take those opportunities. Right. So how do you navigate the business of social media along with the influence that you want to have in the educational and advocacy space? Because it can be very difficult because brands are also very hesitant, more hesitant than I even think they should be most of the time. Part of the reason because they don't want to get called out for saying the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Like how, how how do you navigate that? Because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle to understand the intersection of influencing for a business, but also influencing for a social reason. Yeah, I think there's two major points that I would love to talk about. The first is, you know, with this trend of, I would say, let's let's put it in the perspective of TikTok, because I think in the past eight months, nine months, TikTok has blown up in a way where people know that they can see that overnight success and they want to be an influencer. They want to be the hot stuff. They want to get a following for what? I don't know. But the problem with that, which I mean, great, you're given a platform for what, right? Is these people want to, I guess they're kind of clout chasing. They want to grow their following. They're sharing these nonsensical things, you know, getting this platform, but what are they using it for? Like, and what, you know, it's like dot, dot, dot. Yeah. You, you don't know yeah. what. So not those kinds of people aren't being intentional, maybe with the, I, I guess like strategically planning their own content, but they're not necessarily strategically planning content for their audience. Um, and the, the, for who their audience is, let me say not cause like you could be a comedy creator and people follow you cause you're funny, but you're not creating content because of, you know, the 13 year old girl demographic that follows you, who looks up to you as a female role model for body confidence or mental health because you struggle with the same thing. So that's just a, for example, specifically about like my demographics, but Mm -hmm. um, that is a big issue that I have seen. And that is where those kinds of people are the ones that I see the most performative activism from where it's like, Oh, I'm going to post the thing, or I'm going to post the duct tape on for the sex trafficking earlier this year. Like those are moments where I feel like people are not educated and they're hopping on the bandwagon to seem like they're doing something that is good and that they are contributing to the cause. But I mean, there's no way to tell. I don't want to judge anyone. I'm sure things happen behind closed doors that I don't even know about. But those moments where people say, I want to be TikTok famous, but they don't understand like, what does it take to be a freelance influencer? And how many collaborations do you need per month to freelance? Or how many photo shoots do you need to do? How many, um, you know, do you need to set up uh, an LLC or an S Corp? Do you have to hire a video editor? Like, these are all things that I have had to do. How do you file taxes as an influencer, right? This is my first year filing taxes as an influencer, which is like incredible for me. I'm so proud of myself um, for doing that. But at the same time, it's scary because I don't know what the frick I'm doing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what, what am I supposed to do? And that said, I'm fortunate enough that this is my job where I have a chronic illness. If I need to spend a couple extra hours in bed or instead of traveling from a studio somewhere, I literally can shoot in my home studio and go right to my bed. So this is like the ideal job for me. And I've found so much success with it. I think because I've been able to manage my symptoms, put myself first, um, and, you know, develop creatively further. And that is where brands kind of said, okay, we see that she is being authentic and genuine. And she's talking about these like different pillars. Um, I'm sure you remember when we were at Abercrombie, they talked about brand values, right? And when you are a content creator or an influencer, and you say you want to be an influencer, you have to know about the brands that you're working with. And you may, I mean, you could, you could choose to work with a brand that maybe you don't support their brand values. I personally, over the last 
six to eight months have done so much more research into looking at a brand's values and figuring out, okay, are they becoming a more sustainable brand? Are they committed to changing the environment in a good way? Are they committed to donating or rounding up that purchase to a nonprofit that supports LGBTQ rights or the Black Lives Matter movement? Like, what are those little things that the brand does on a larger scale to give back? Because it's, again, my my personal brand is all about contribution and growth, right? So I look for brands that are into contribution, which is giving back and growing as a brand, which is also fueling creators and doing these paid partnerships with creators to give them that organic content to reach a market that maybe they didn't before. So that's like a little bit about how I strategize to get to working with um, brands. I do want to say that there's definitely some brands I've been a little bit disappointed in that maybe aren't doing as much, but this is a learning curve. This is like the first year, 2020 is like the first year besides, I would say, I mean, honestly, actually that I've ever seen where brands take those breaks and they're like, you know what, we are not going to post today. There's a mass shooting. There was, you know, a terrible hurricane. There is, you know, the, the pandemic's crazy. It's inauguration day. Like, I don't, I don't really know what it's going to look like in the future, but what I can say is I don't judge brands as hard as other people because they're still learning too. Um, At my internship this past summer with Movers and Shakers, which is like the leading TikTok agency, if you guys don't know them, check them out. They're awesome. I would say the most interesting conversations that I listened to were about how brands had to pivot their marketing from in-person, even down to photo shoots, to this at-home studio style or like authentic, like, you know what, I'm home and my laundry's all over my floor and the only good light that I have is like my bathroom vanity. So like, that's where the ad's going to be shot. Like, People want to see that because they're like, I can identify to that. Not every single person it, like has the luxury to have photography gear and a studio at home, right? So like, I know that my content can sometimes look extra polished or extra good because I have the resources to create the kind of content, um, you know, that looks like a certain way, like that looks commercial because that's what I'm trained in. That's what I love. Um that's not to say that, you know, like iPhone photos aren't good at all. Like I'm not saying that, but I really, I really do think it comes down to brands being authentic and brands showing up for what they post about. So if they say they're going to support the Black Lives Matter movement, but I only see white creators or white models in their, um, advertisements I'm like no you don't put your money where your mouth is yeah exactly and and the same thing goes down to disability if a brand says we are an inclusive brand and we represent a variety of different models and I only see you know able-bodied people um I'm gonna be upset if I say if I see a brand that says we're gonna support LGBTQ communities and they don't and and I mean that's another thing where like you can't necessarily assume one's identity from image making Um, unless that individual says, like, says so, or like, it's a part of the campaign, if that makes sense, or if they're like Mm -hmm. known in the community. But the way that brands are starting to represent people in media, I've personally found is they are using organic creators. They're using, they're not necessarily so, you know, obviously the Gigi Hadid's and the Kendall Jenner's of the world, they'll be the supermodels, right? But in plain old advertising, I really do see a shift in brands wanting to work with creators who have a voice and then identify with their brand values. So again, I know that was a long-winded answer, but I'm pretty sure that that's the way that it's moving. And that's how I personally choose to work with brands. You know, um, in the last like eight, six months, eight months, I've gone almost fully vegetarian, plant-based. I'm working on becoming more vegan. Nice. Also with like the products that I use on my skin and my hair and my makeup, like I want them to be completely plant-based. I don't want any chemicals in them. And those are things that I'm just passionate about. If a brand comes to me and says, Gigi, we want you to, you know, post about our brand, but we're not cruelty-free. Like, sorry. Yeah, not going to happen. And it, it comes down to your values. So that's that's how I would actually encourage anybody, um, regardless of if you're an influencer or not, to look for brand values. Like, people always say when you're interviewing somebody, 
um, or for a job, you're, you're interviewing the company as much as they're interviewing you, right? So do yeah. your brand values kind of align with company values and can you see yourself in a collaborative partnership if somebody said oh you're going to be the face of you know Abercrombie and Fitch would you be happy about it based on their values I would Mm -hmm. say yes obviously I love them um but that said um I I hope that was like a good answer it was like very long No, no. Well, you're absolutely right. There's, there is an indirect endorsement that essentially comes when you work with. And I will like just add a point onto the incredible answer you just gave that it can be very, very difficult starting out to say no to people. Like that first like collaboration, it's like, oh, this is a name brand. People will know this. This is legit. This will help me get things down the line further because people will know I've worked with them before. This is perfect. It's so difficult to say no at that point. It's also a moment where you can say, you know what? That's amazing. This incredible brand that's world renowned approached me because they know how good I am. They know I'm good at what I do. They love my messaging. I've won. I've done it. Yeah. And they're reaching out to me. But you have to set up that boundary. Again, protecting yourself first, putting yourself first. If you first and foremost do not support something that that brand is doing, why would you choose to work with them or be employed by them? Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you choose to just for the buck, I get it. I've been there. I did it. There there definitely were moments Mm -hmm. in the past where I did accept collaborations that maybe looking back, I'm like, yeah, gee, come on. Like, what's going on? Um, Why'd you do that? But (laughs) it's another self-actualization moment where you say, okay, I've worked on that brand campaign. I don't really like that brand anymore and that's okay again evolving involves eliminating it's it's a whole kind of thing that just like fluctuates and ebbs and flows and you just kind of have to like do it like an airplane like you know like the turbulence is just air people are like so freaked out by it but it's literally just air you know so like sometimes Mm -hmm. things get crazy and scary and that's moments like a couple days ago when capital is being overrun by hooligans but there's also those moments of pure joy where you know like for me i was on a billboard a month ago and that was like so surreal right how have i not even brought that up yet no that was like that was like a insane moment and i know like I was like, I, she, she has to be freaking out for a week straight, like being on a Times Square billboard. I was. I was like, literally, I could not wait to freaking post. I think I, I think, yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um, I literally could not wait to post about it. I was like, the second I got home, I was like editing pictures. I was like, Charlie, my brother. Yes. I was like, what do I post? And we'll say, I'll say, if you want to hear that whole story, you have to watch the YouTube video. I won't make you tell it here because we want people to watch the YouTube video. The YouTube video is hilarious. Um, but yeah, that said, I just, I really do think there's moments, the moments of reflection are just like some of the best. I, I truly think because that's the moment where you grow, right? That's the moment mm-hmm. where you have, you have, um, you have to put your ego aside and you can't let your emotions get in the way of that. If you let your emotions get in the way of your ego, you're done. You're done. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. You're not going to be productive. Like, and I've been there, obviously. Like, I, my freshman year of college, I had really bad depression and an eating disorder. Um, and I just let the fact that, like, every one of my friends was away for college, like, really ripped me apart. And I was like, I didn't get in my, well, I got into my dream school, but I couldn't go. Um, And I was like, I'm home alone. Like I'm alone. Nothing's going well. Nothing's going good. Meanwhile, that same year I got into USC. Like I traveled the whole summer. I had the best like first semester in LA. I really started connecting with other people in the social media industry and knowing how to tailor my social media platform to my voice. So there's pros and cons. And while I was in it and I let my emotion get in the way of my ego and saying how sad and, you know, messed up my life was at the time, like I was able to eventually just put that all aside 
and just let like me do me and like throw my ego to the back burner. I was like, you know what? F it. Like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to travel. I'm going to like post on social media about my photos. I'm going to start posting about my art. And that was when I saw the growth. Again, there's every single word you've said this entire episode. I've been really excited and eager to hear. But the last two questions that I want to ask, I always ask the same thing every single show. Um, I want to know specifically for you, I think I'm going to tailor this question a little bit because typically I'll ask somebody like, what are we manifesting for you? But for you, I want to ask like, what's like the next step for you? Or like, what would, what are you working on personally now to further expand and grow? Yeah. I would say, first of all, I am always manifesting things. I would say I, I would love to just like manifest abundance and peace for everyone. I think when you are abundant, it's, it's more of like a a mindset where you just, you know, that things can flow and ebb how they want to. And, you know, whether that's like wealth in abundance or whether that's like love and abundance, like you're capable of it. So, um, you know, what, whatever anyone's interested in, I, I would say that and, and really just peace. Um, something that I really, had to work on in 2020 was coming to peace knowing that certain people in my life just were not meant to be in my life and it was again a a growing moment where I just I did that so um sorry about the slack (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah just just really coming to terms with and being okay with who you are and finding your inner peace um and then what did you say? What, what was the other thing? I'm so sorry. Yeah, like personally, like a, a couple big things. I'm actually launching a Instagram TV live series where I will be having people on um, some very big people. Perhaps I will ask you to come on in the near future. I was if you if you want to lower the lower the bar, you said very big people. I'm like, don't let me. <laughs> don't let me dissuade people you're a must to have <laughs> um but we are going to be talking about all things confidence in general and it's going to be called everything you need is within and we will be going live on instagram together um or i will be going live with said creators and we will just be having different conversations about inclusivity representation um you know creating with purpose growing confidence how to be more body confident um even how to like get confidence in your health so um again that all comes from the inner work and that's what really um inspired me and back to a question you asked me earlier about like how how do I have those moments of like, oh my God, I'm doing so well. Um, and, and like that self-actualization is like, am I worth it? I had that when I was on live with Julia Michaels a few weeks ago and um, with Insane. philosophy. And yeah, that was a moment where I was like, they want me to use my authenticity to talk about mental health to their audience. And that was a moment where I said, you know what? I'm just going to freaking go for it. And do this Instagram live series where I talk with these inspiring people because I left that conversation feeling so inspired by just the like flow of a regular conversation and realizing like how friendships and um, can be made on social media and also how other people can perceive them and like why was I chosen for this like what does this mean to somebody else? And it really just showed me like my voice in the advocacy space is like really valuable right now. Um, not only to me and to my community, but apparently to others and to brands. So that is something that I've been working on. I'm, this is like the first time I've actually talked about it. I went live. Um, I'm going to post the teaser tomorrow. Um, but I'm so excited about it. It should be live, um, officially by Wednesday, the 12th. Wait, no, I literally can't count. The 13th. It'll be out now. So for anybody listening, it'll be out. Yeah, I'm also just going to continue on really working on my health um, and my wealth and just wealth of knowledge, wealth of, you know, education, um, wealth of content and just continuing. I really did take the first week of 2021 to connect and um, clean and purge my stuff and just like get that clean start. So, um, that's where I am at. And I just, I really would love for like, as I said before, 
as many people as are listening to this to just like find your inner peace and work on finding your your path of abundance in life um in whatever career it's in yeah no i think that's excellent and i have to i have to call myself out a little bit too because i literally like i don't know i said like oh don't bring me on like it it's gonna like ruin your like brand you literally at the very beginning i did the exact same thing and you're like jacob don't do that and then i did it again so apparently these conversations very much need to be had because i'm extremely guilty of it a hundred percent and i i really do encourage everybody to think about the way that you speak about yourself to yourself and to others because how again what you put out you receive right so the way that you speak about yourself is how others will perceive you right if people like I'm not, and and here's just like one last thing that I wanted to say about social media, how it, it can be funny and how something like that can be misconstrued is like, I want to be famous, right? That doesn't mean that you put that out there and all of a sudden you're going to get famous. Don't forget about all the work that we just did in this conversation that we had and how long it's taken me. It took me eight years to get my stuff up on a billboard. It took me seven years to get my stuff in Vogue, right? Like that wasn't something that I said, I want to be in Vogue. And then it just happened, right? Like you have to do the work. So again, I would just say, talk about yourself kindly and really be kind to yourself and start like investing in yourself, not monetarily, you know, not, not with the products you use on your face, but with what you put in your body in terms of food and nourishment and in how you connect to like who you really are and having that like real epiphany of like, oh, I know who I'm in. I am. And like, I know where I'm going, that kind of thing. Yeah. And you literally just answered the last question I always ask too. So, but I just want to let you know what the question was because you answered it perfectly. I was just asked like my issue with a lot of like advice and like content or media is always like, I listen to it. And then if I like sit down to work on it, like, I don't actually know what to do. It's always like, follow your heart, like trust your gut. It's like, okay, but if I was to sit at my desk and give an hour to a project, what does that mean for that? You know? So I think your answer of like, in like invest what you like can give, but also like put out there like what you deserve to have out there. Like again, like doubt and negative energy, that's not going to give you validation that makes you feel better because you're instigating that like painstaking doubt in yourself at the very beginning, it doesn't matter what you get in return because that's that's going to be there. You did that to yourself. So I do want to give you the opportunity to add anything now that you know like the question because I want to make sure like you tied this all up with a bow. But I, I think everything you said is exactly on point. Yeah, I would just I would just really add that like my, my philosophy is honestly like I don't look for validation and I don't look for anything in return. Um, a phrase that I love or a little like mantra is trade your expectations for appreciations, right? So stop expecting that your friends show up for you. Appreciate when they do, but stop yeah. expecting it. Obviously, it's it's something different when it's like your best friend and maybe they don't show up for you and like you're like, what the frick? Like, and you have a conversation about it and you talk about it and you fix it or you eliminate and evolve. Like there's, there's literally no problem if somebody does something to kind of like hurt you to eliminate and evolve from that. Um, yeah. and, and it doesn't have to, I know the word eliminate sounds like kind of crazy and scary, but like, it doesn't have to be, it can be a smooth transition. It can be like, just like distancing, you know? Um, but really just, um, yeah, just, just making sure that you're not holding anybody, um, to, it's kind of like not assuming that somebody's going to show up. Um, instead, appreciate when they do, whether that's on social media or whatever. And it's very hard and easy to say that when, you know, cancel culture is very much present. Like, we can't necessarily stop that. And that's a moment where it's definitely bigger than us, I think. I, mm-hmm. I've i experienced it briefly because of uh, the freaking shampoo products that I use, which is like, hilarious to me. Like, other people care so much about my opinion on what I put on my hair. Like, oh, like they're so invested in my life that they want to tell me that I'm using the wrong shampoo. It doesn't make sense, yeah. right? Like just keep, again, keep doing you. Stop expecting things from other people and start 
working on yourself and appreciating when things happen for you. Um, and again, also like, what was that other thing you just said? You said something that validation. When you are like looking for validation, you're seeking to please others, right? But if you don't do the work on yourself to figure out how to like move forward and create intentionally on what you want to create on, you can't get validation from others. And if validation from others is what like fuels your work, then you might have to do some more inner work because you're sorry. Yeah. You, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. need to do more inner work because you're not focused on the sole purpose of what your purpose is. If that yeah. makes sense. That is perfectly, perfectly makes sense. And I just, we have to wrap this up. And I just, I love everything like about the way that you just present all of your content and the way you approach everything is so purposeful and so genuine and so so much so that the direction I hope a lot more people take. So seriously, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your energy. Thank you so much for inspiring everybody. And of course, like supporting me and coming on the show always. It means a lot to me personally. Of course, this is so much fun. You know, I we both know that we could probably talk for hours um, and I'm sure literally, we will in the literally. future. But thank sure, you for having it. me. Um, you know, thank you for inviting other people into this space that um, can share their voice and just have these meaningful conversations. It's incredible. And I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you, Gigi, for joining us today. I'm always so blown away at all you do and can't explain how much I appreciate you empowering other creators like myself. You've got to join her community, though, so be sure to follow her at It's Gigi Robinson on all platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I promise you'll want to catch up with her on them all. We've got another good one just for you next week. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service and follow us at Friendly Media, that's F-R-N-D-L-Y, on all platforms. You can also follow me at Jacob Wittenberg. All links are in the description. That's all for today, folks. See you next time for some more groundbreaking. Mm -hmm.